Yep, we're on. <clears throat> Hello? Yeah, just a second. I'm How's it going? Plug in my computer charge. Okay, I'm ready. All right, ready? This says lack of consciousness means misconception disease. This is described in the street by Tom. By um, Sad. The disease is separate interest. The deviation from our normal spiritual condition, the development of misconception is based on the charm, the prospect of separate interest. That is the root cause of all misunderstanding. The conception of local provincial interest has caused a difference between a proper conception of reality and misconception. We have gone away from the central conception. From universal consciousness, we have come to the provincial plane. And according to the gradation of consciousness and its development from provincial to universal, we may find ourselves in so many different planets or planes of existence. Okay. Uh, one, one who is conscious of our, the organic whole, on the other hand, is in the most healthy position. That is proper adjustment. The maladjustment is the cause of our present disease condition. Adjustment is life. It is liberated life. And to be the prey of maladjustment is to approach pain and misery. Everything within the environment is all right. The only difficulty is found in the conception of special, of selfish special interest. Our aversion to the universal interest is the cause of our detachment from the conception of the whole and from happiness and health. We have been deprived of the happiness of our healthy position and the cause is selfish interest. Any thoughts? No. The absolute autocrat is absolute good. Uh, so there is no room for complaint against him. Uh, Krishna says, Sudam Sarva Bhutanam. He is the owner of everything. In comparison, we are nothing, but still he is our friend. We should not forget that. We are represented in him. Our detachment from him is the cause of all the miseries that we are suffering. We and others like us have lost faith in him, but he is our friend. We are jealous of him and are thinking, I am not the master. Someone else is the master. This is intolerable. No taxation without representation, but our interests are well represented in Krishna. He cares about even more. He cares about us even more than we uh, we can conceive. Why do we forget that? Das. Yeah, but he said our detachment. See, we're not detached. We're the illusion that we're detached. Yeah. But you know, he. I, th I think that he's more of a personalist, so he thinks like detached, as in like you know. But but um, like, in a like in a relationship. Yeah, like he, 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 more dualistic, you know. Mm. Um, I, I think that uh, I think that the person who who started this place, uh, Sri Sridhar Maharaj, um, I think that he considers himself God. You know, he thought that he was an avatar of Krishna, the guy who started it. And Sridhar Maharaj didn't consider himself God. He was just like the guru of the guy who considered himself God, Krishna. Mm. So, so like, you know, when they do pujas, they're doing pujas to the guy who considered himself Krishna. Whereas like in the, in the Hari Krishna movement, remember like Prabhupada, the, the starter of that movement, didn't think he was Krishna. He thought that, but, but the guy who started this one thought that he was, he kind of split it off from Pra Prabhupada claiming that he was Krishna. I think that's what I think happened. Hmm. It says, uh, if we only reinstate ourselves in that faith, we will be all right. It is our fault that we are suffering. Otherwise, there is no difference in vision from the universal standpoint. Isad Apitsaya, we have turned away from our master, but we should remember that he is our master. He is our well-wisher. He is our guardian. Deviation from that consciousness is misery of an infinite magnitude. Its cause is very subtle and very minute. It is our mentality of separate interest. And as a result, we have been captured by the enemy camp. Patanjali has said we are moving toward evil in an intelligent, organized way. That is not only mad, but wicked. It is worse than mad. According to Patanjali, what will be the relief of a soul in such a deplorable condition? A madman is in possession of everything. He is only out of his mind. His consciousness has to be adjusted properly. Then he will find, oh, everything is all right. Let me go back home. At present, his consciousness is cast aside. He is not home. His consciousness must be pushed homeward. Any thoughts? No. That is the problem. Our Guru Maharaja used to say, I don't admit any famine in this world, only that of a lack of Krishna consciousness. Uh, whenever he became excited, he used to use this expression. He would say, from door to door, tell everyone, Krishna is a supreme. You are all servants of Krishna. Remind everyone of this from door to door. Then they will find, oh, I have everything I need. I am Krishna Dasa, a servant of Krishna. I must connect with Krishna. That link 
must be supplied and then everything will be all right. There is no Darth of anything else. There is no real misery except that we have forgotten Krishna, our Lord. That is the only point we must push. This is universal necessity. I don't admit any necessity beside this. And thus. Yeah, yeah. I, sounds like he's just talking about what we've called the flow. She says, within this world, there is always a fire burning, but there is no necessity of extinguishing the fire because we have nothing to do with this, with the world that will be burned into ashes by the fire. All our inner demon demands can be met only in connection with Krishna. All other things are unnecessary. They may be burned into ashes or devoured by flood. We have no real concern with any of those things. Rather, those material attachments are dragging us back towards the wrong thing. And as a result, we can allow our mind to be attracted to Krishna. The things of this world, our attachments are all negative. These things are all our enemy. The whole universe may be burned to ashes, but we will not be affected in any way. The world may be devastated. The earth, the sun, the moon, the stars, everything may vanish, but still we remain. The soul is eternal. Any thoughts? No. And if we can have a connection with Krishna, the thing of this, things of this world are all unnecessary for us and for everyone else. Why should we come to live in the mortal world, erroneously identifying ourselves with flesh and blood? We only think that we are being born and dying, but it is a false notion. Any thoughts? Yeah, it's like when you're playing basketball, you can you can be in the flow or you can be in the illusion that you're playing basketball mm. and that you're in a com competitive struggle. Mm. Any thoughts? No. So, you know, that's getting to the idea that there's no self. It says everything is conscious. And when we realize it fully, we shall be fixed in the Svapara Sakti domain in the spiritual world. There, there the different living beings may pose as matter, as a Yamuna, as water, as creepers, as trees. But they are all conscious units simply posing in different ways. It does it? Yeah. They're just different choreographed patterns. Of, of the dance patterns, dance formations. He says that they're all conscious. He's not saying that they're consciousness. He said they're all conscious. Yeah. So you have to listen to what he's saying and not just try to think what you want to think about what he's saying. You know, we're trying to understand what he's saying and he doesn't. No. So he's saying like the, 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 the water, you know, the Yamuna River. Is con he didn't say his consciousness. He said his conscious. And you're trying to say, oh, yeah, it's all patterns or whatever. Okay, that's not what he's saying there. That has nothing to do with it. He's saying that they are conscious. He's saying that they're personalities. You know, any thoughts of that? Nope. It, says, it said that when Krishna goes to take bath in the Yamuna, all the waves rush in to embrace Krishna. That's what Dr. Murphy said. And then Sridhara Maharaja said, sometimes the stones melt, feeling the imprint of Krishna's lotus feet. Everything is conscious. So it is also in the case of Rahu and Ketu and other planets. Everywhere in the scriptures, the spiritually developed sages are found talking with nature as if they are talking with a person. And it is real, but our consciousness is deviated in ignorance. Any thoughts? No. So as scientists, you, may, you must crush the philosophy of fossilism. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaja has ordered you to take a strong position in the scientific community in the West and crush fossilism. Why should we accept fossilism? Wait a minute. What's, what's fossilism? It probably means the idea that there's matter and, and that, that things evolve. You know, he's saying that, that this idea that, you know, humans, that, uh, the idea that of fossils, of evolution, the idea that there's fossils and this this means that there's there's evolution and 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 conscious beings emerge from you know the different patterns of the synergy of the of the molecules moving in different ways from this evolutionary process and he's saying no what really is is that there's this there's the conscious you know there, there's Krishna and 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 consciousness doesn't emerge from the matter but consciousness is is creating the matter. And everything is conscious. So like the, the river is conscious. And so is the rock. And everything is like a personality. And and it's not like, oh, the, the water is just, or the cow is, is not conscious, or the water is not conscious. And it's just, you know, it's more primitive. No, he's saying it's all conscious. That it's, that it's a personality. 
and he does it. No, could be. He says, "Why?" He says, first there is consciousness. This is Berkeley's theory. Not that mind is in the world, but world is in the mind. Everything is based on consciousness. No conception. Nothing remains without consciousness. So ultimately, all undesir undesirable things are only mental concoction. It doesn't? No. The Sridhara Maharaja, the Manu Samhita, begins describing the creation from this point. Uh, just before the creative movement began, the marginal potency of um, uh, what time did we start? Did we start uh, talking, Grandma? Um, I think two thirty to two thirty-five, somewhere in there. No, not really. It's it's three fifty-one right now. Might be a different time zone in Utah. Yeah, so it was three, three thirty-five or something your time. Um, all right, so it says, just before the creative movement began, the marginal potency of the Lord was in a state of equilibrium. Katasha means equilibrium. Asid idam tamo butam. Everything was in darkness, fully enveloped by ignorance. Alak sanam means there was no possibility of any estimation, no symptoms. of reality existed by which any conjecture or inference about the nature of reality would have been possible. And it was opera janatam. Science has no capacity for investigating the nature of that stage of existence. We can only say from here that it was completely immersed in deep sleep. The analogy of deep sleep may give us some conception of that period. Uh, material existence was as if in a sound sleep. Any thoughts? Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, it doesn't. No. It's made me think of the idea of like the dream, right? I tell you that like that's a fourth quadrant or the, the fourth quadrant of the third quadrant, the dream, and you know it's like a sleep. You know, any thoughts of that? Like like yeah, we're I think I think he's saying the material world was in a, a deep sleep and it wasn't yet being dreamed. Well well, I, I think of it like, you know, you know, people say like, Oh yeah, you, you some people will be like, Oh yeah, you don't uh you don't really perceive reality. You know, reality is the way it is and, and you perceive only like 1% or whatever. But the way I see it is, is what you perceive that like 1% or whatever, everything that you perceive is just a metaphor. It's just a dream. And the, and people think like you don't, you don't affect reality, but I would say maybe not, maybe that you kind of create reality. Like in a dream, you create the dream or something creates the dream, like the unconscious or God in the way that in, in the same kind of way you kind of like reality isn't real and neither is your perception of reality, but it is kind of like a dream. So in a way you do kind of create it, but at least the quadrants creating it. We know the quadrants supreme. You're just a, a, a subject within the dream. He doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. This is at that time movement began from within the spiritual plane and light came light has was seen by the seers. That light was pre-existent, but at that, that time, the seers received the vision to see light. They began to see the first conception of this material world after light was water. The light revealed a substance like water. Any thoughts? No. That primal light. That's consistent with the. That's consistent with the uh, biblical creation story. That primal light is compared with personality. Light means consciousness, and consciousness means personality. Any thoughts? No, you, you know, you would say like, you know, everything is energy or everything is light or whatever, but he's saying he's, he's connecting it to consciousness and, and he says a conscious related personality. What do you think about that? Yeah, I don't know what he means by personality. Yeah, like there's a personality, like, you know, like consciousness. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you look at the world, like, you know, if you want to say, oh, it's all energy or whatever. Okay, well, isn't that dry? Isn't that dull? To just say like, it's, oh, it's all energy or whatever. Okay. Then you let go. But isn't, isn't there like, you know, dynamics and like, um, that's why I would say like consciousness is at least a, I don't think that either one's a good metaphor. I think it's really just a quadrant, just different variations of the quadrant relationships, a quadrant, but you know, you would like the idea of energy or consciousness, but, but isn't that dull and dry and not really, you know, at part of reality, like reality no. is like, like a, a drama. It's like a play and there's, there's different characters and, and there's like, there's a lot of, you know, 
dynamics going on in interplay. So it's like a person, you know, and there's personality going on. It's, it's very dynamic and rich. Any thoughts of that? Yeah. Well, that's why I say everything is God. Yeah. But, but you, you everything like, is ultimate. But, but, but you, you wanted to like, you know, create like, you know, you think it'd be harmony if you just think like everything is energy or light and then might create peace in the world because you, because your idea, your conception was, okay, then we're going to create the, you know, then, then, then the world can go into the next stage of evolution because you believe in the evolution, like, oh, into this, you know, Sri R, TR de Chardin's next stage, the next stage of evolution uh, and the anti-entropic reordering function. So we should all like, you know, believe everything's energy and stop with our parochial beliefs and, and then it'll create this next stage. But to me, that, that seems like, you know, that seems like the idea of like progress. And that's why I like the idea when I told you, I like the idea better of process because Really, you're you're assuming something. You're assuming time. You're assuming that there's going to be like a next. No, you're you're assuming that you know what I'm assuming. Yeah, no, but I, I do know what you're assuming. But but it's it's no, you don't. No, you no, you don't. Sure. But you know that 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 idea is kind of assuming that there's a next stage of evolution and stuff. But really, if you want to look at it, it's, it's like it's like a play. In a dream, is there evolution going on to a next stage? No, it's just a dream. But any other thoughts on? In, in, in a dream, uh, you're, a you're just you're just assuming you're just assuming you know what I think. Okay, that's fine, but there's a lot of action. There's a lot of drama. So, so wouldn't you say that there's something like personality in that? Well, see, I don't know what you mean by personality, or what he means by personality. He's talking about consciousness. You know, thinking. There's it's not just dead matter. It's not just dead energy. You know, there's there's like you know there's dynamics, and and the, even the idea of just like it's it's energy. So not really like really there's a sun there's a moon there is separate things and i know everything is one and there is no thing okay because it's a dream but the idea of it's like energy no there, there's like there's different variations of things and it's and there's like dynamics and, and there's the, the white race and the black race quote unquote even though that's a social construction but you know there, there is dynamics going on there's the, the the lions there's the cheetahs there's the hyenas there's you know there's a lot of drama and dynamics and personality when you say like when you say that like the, the lion has a personality and maybe even like the river has a personality, any thoughts on that? I don't know what that means to say the river has a personality. Could be, but maybe, I don't know what that maybe means. I, maybe I can understand it because like a synesthesia thing. Like I can, I can connect it, but, but like, you know, diff, different things have different resonances, different valences. You know, that's what uh, Peterson was talking about. You know, that's what the mishap that that's more than just science. It, it has like an a, a affect of valence, like any thoughts. Like no, it could be. It says the primal light is compared with personality. Light means consciousness and consciousness means personality. That lighter personality first gives a birth to the onlookers, to the feelers of material existence, and then to an objective substance like water. That water is known as viraja or causal substance. What is known in Vaishnava vocabulary as Brahmaloka, the world of consciousness, is represented by light and viraja or causal substance. It is represented by water. Any thoughts? No. The conscious world is represented by light and the first objective reality is represented by water. Then the seeds of consciousness are sown in the causal water, which is the shadow of, of that light. Although the actual elements of water was created long after this, the first conception of matter is compared to water because Water is an accommodating, moving solution. Any thoughts? No. Uh, the Sanskrit word for water, apa, means of lower conception. In this way, the lower creation began. Any thoughts? No. Then in connection with the seeds of consciousness and the primal water, the next production was known as mahatattva, the energy of consciousness represented by light, mixed with matter as a mass. When the mass of matter is infused with energy of light consciousness, that is known as Mahatattva. Any thoughts? No. After further development, that entity was divided into many units of Ahankara, the element of ego, Mahatattva. First, there is Ahankara, mass ego as a whole, the element of conglomerate ego. That is to say the Ahankara, the mother Ahankara, is called Mahatattva. No. As objective substance evolved by the influence of consciousness, it expresses itself in five main ingredients. That which can be seen, smelled, heard, tasted, and touched. These five elements are the primitive principles of material existence. Any thoughts? No. 
And that fivefold principle evolved into three phases, sattva, raja, tama, goodness, passion, and ignorance, expressing itself as either sound, hearing, and the ear, air, mass, touch, and the skin, fire, color, vision, and the eye, water, taste, the sense of taste, and the tongue, the earth, aroma, the sense of smell, and the nose. Any thoughts? There are 24 elements. The self, three subtle elements, Prakriti, Mahatava, and Akankara, five gross elements, five sense, five senses, five sense objects, five sense gathering instruments. In this way, the development of the material world has been described to have come down through a process of subtle to gross, from consciousness to matter. Any thoughts? No. It makes you think of like Kant. You know, Kant says that the world has to be the way it is because, you know, the human, it's almost like the human kind of creates it. There has to be three spatial dimensions in one time dimension because the human is an essential part of reality. Like, it's not like how you looked at it. Like, oh, humans evolved from, you know, energy, you know, from the stars and, and the stars, you know, they created this and it would just happen, you know, even though you, you saw it as, you know, kind of spiritual, like it's moving towards something. It's not like that. It's, it's, it's the idea that, like you know that that it's like a dream like it has to be that way like concept you know reality and the in the human are are like intricately connected any thoughts then no it like could that, be or it could it could be it could be that my perspective is right what's your perspective just what you explained yeah i don't think so the, the, the quadrant perspective is the right one but this is what this guy's saying. But um, but it's like von, von Neumann would talk about like, yeah, you know, that his, his idea of quantum mechanics was that consciousness created reality. Like when you observe something, you create it. When you observe it through the consciousness, it's creating it. Like any thoughts on that? No. So that, that would be kind of like a dream or kind of like, you know, in a video game, the, the character is creating it. But at the same time, are you really creating reality? Because the quadrant is really creating it. Like how, mu how much power do you have? But that's what the quantum physicists talk about, right? But any thoughts on it? Yeah, so it says, in this way, the development of the material world has been described to have come down through a process of subtle to gross from consciousness to matter. So it's not from, it's not matter making the consciousness or making stuff that are, that is conscious. Or it's not energy, you know, going into more complex patterns to create that. It's the consciousness, the world of forms is first. An idea of it that anything evolved itself is questionable. Any thoughts there? No. Because again, when this material existence is withdrawn by superior, you know, the quadrant stuff really does call into question any like naturalistic explanations because it's all the quadrant. Because again, when this material existence is withdrawn by superior will, the gross dissolves into the subtle. Beginning with the most gross, gradually the whole of material existence becomes more and more subtle until it finally enters into the subtle expression of material existence known as Prakriti, the subtle causal watery substance. Any thoughts? No. With the dissolution of material energy, the Atma or individual soul is absorbed in Brahman, the non-differentiated mass of consciousness. The position of the different kinds of spiritual energy has been described by Krishna in Bhagavad Gita as follows. There are two kinds of beings, the perfect and unchanging or infallible and the fallible souls. The fallible souls reside in the material world and the infallible souls reside in the spiritual world. Krishna says, I exist transcending both fallible and infallible aspects of spiritual substance. So I am Purusottama, Vasudeva, Param Brahma, the supreme absolute truth. Within me, the whole of my jurisdiction is also to be considered. Any thoughts? No. Vaikuntha Goloka, the whole creation is represented by the name Purusatma or Vasudeva. Then, when one enters into the domain of Vasudeva, he can see so many demarcations, stages of reality, pastimes, and transcendental dealings and activities. There, he will find the perfected living beings busy in their dedicated life in the eternal world. That's You're kind of fading out. All right, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, but just it was just fading out a little bit. It says the general conception of the spiritual world is Vaikuntha, wherein we find calculative dedication. Above that is the plane of spontaneous dedication. That realm is called Goloka, and there are many different kinds of pastimes there. In Goloka, all the various relationships with Godhead are represented in full. Santa, passive, Dasya, servitude, Sakya, friendship, 
Vatsalia Parenthood Madura Conjugal. Any thoughts? No. Those like the relationships of Christians. See, I, I, would, I, I would really have to read this book in order to have some thoughts on it because it's it's so deep and I would have to contemplate it. I, I just don't get it when it just runs by me so fast. I have yeah. to, I'm an old fart. I have to yeah, contemplate it. All right. So let's just, let's just finish up with this one for today. All right, right. So it says, and the conjugal mellow can be divided into uh, sphakia, wedded love, and prakia, a paramount relationship. This is, of course, a very elevated subject matter still. We have to have some view of these things since our fate is ultimately connected with such high things given to us by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and great acharyas like Bhakti Vinoda Takura and discussed in scriptures like Srimad Bhagavatam and Chaitanya Karitamaya. What is found in their teachings about Goloka is our pro prospect, our aspiration. According to our devotional taste, we will develop and our tastes can also be improved by hearing from a higher source. The spirit of our selection may be improved and we are shown different ideas, different models of transcendental reality and according to what attracts us most based upon our inner choice, we shall have to act. Any thoughts? No. Question, what do the individual souls play in the process of creation? Shridhara Maharaja. I have described that. At first, a general conglomerate false ego Ankankara is created, or Ahakara. This is called Sambhu in Brahma Samhita, wherein it explains how the soul as a ray of consciousness mingles with material energy. So what he's talking about is the self? I guess so. And he doesn't? No. Is consciousness and Prakriti the most primitive conception of energy are categorically different. It doesn't. No. It says, you know, consciousness and prakriti, the most primitive conception of energy. So you 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 often say that like energy and consciousness are the same, but he's saying, or or at least you would say God is energy or God is consciousness, but he's saying consciousness and prakriti, the most primitive conception of energy, are categorically different. He's saying they're different. Any thoughts that? Yeah, could be. He says the conglomerate consciousness comes in contact with mass energy, and as they mingle together, a general ego evolves. That general ego gradually dissolves into innumerable egos, and the conglomerate consciousness distributes itself as individual units of consciousness absorbed in material energy. In this way, gradually, the individual conditions come down and are entangled within the material world. It's in a primitive state when the individual souls are massed together as a common whole, the conglomerate false ego or ahankara is known as mahatattva. As it evolves, it differentiates into innumerable individual units. Just as an atom can be broken down into subatomic particles, electrons, protons, neutrons, and so on, the conglomerate ego gradually breaks into component individual egos, jiva souls. It doesn't? That's interesting. Yeah. <coughs> Yeah, well, even like, uh, uh, what's his name? Professor Ramachandran at UCSD, he was talking about how there's like more than one. He was like, to say that you're a self, he was saying there's more than one self. Like in a split brain patient, there's one part of you that knows that you're taking off your clothes and the other part doesn't. So he said like, which one of you is that, is the self? Any thoughts on that? No, I, I've so never he, heard that. that. There's like more than one self in that person. And, and there's more than one self in every person, like in a split brain. And, and like, you know, if you, if you take out, if you take out a part of someone's brain, it's going to change him. Right. So which self was, was the self that he, that he was any thoughts on? No. But yeah. Like, so according to Ramachandran, there's like four, he's even said there might be four selves in everybody or more, but you know, you just, just by splitting the brain, you're going to have one self doing one part, doing some things, the other self doing other things. And they're not even going to know it. This is their position is Tatasha marginal and undetectable. From that subtle, undetectable plane of marginal energy, consciousness first develops into the detectable plane as a whole. And then innumerable individual spiritual units are manifest from the mass lump of ego, or mahatattva. Gradually, the other elements of creation develop within the negative plane of exploitation. Any thoughts? No. The world is sometimes pushing forth and sometimes withdrawing. In the same way that the heart expands and contracts again and again, the whole universe expands and contracts. Regrouping within the one and again manifest as the many, the one and the many, the evolution and dissolution of the material universe takes place. 
as a heart expands and contracts, the whole universe is manifest and withdrawn. Any thoughts? No. Same characteristics that we find in the smallest unit can be traced in the bigger unit. This is the suggestion by which we may know the whole more or less. There are also some categorically new elements to be added to our knowledge. In this way, those who are within this universe can have some partial knowledge. But those who are independent outside the contracting and expanding world who are impartial onlookers can give the real history. That is the revealed truth, which is distributed in installments according to the capacity of the people of the time, place, and circumstance. The revealed truth is found in varying degrees in the Bible, the Quran, the Vedas, and other scriptures of the world. Through this process, the truth is partially revealed in different places of the world in proportion to the thinking capacity of each particular group of people. The revealed truth is reliable, but still is, it is modified to fit the persons to whom it is extended. Any thoughts? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but and it's not just with religion. You know, the revealed truth is in science and it's in art, which, you know, is connected to religion, science and, and philosophy. And But, you know, they all are, are based around the different quadrants, you know. And, and the different qualities of each is based around the different quadrants and the different qualities of like Hinduism versus Christianity and Islam and Buddhism, different quadrants. Any thoughts on that? No. The different relationships in, in, in the, with the one central component of the quadrant. It says, for, for that reason, we find differences in the different versions of the revealed truth. It is said in Sriman Bhagavatam that medicine may be hidden within candy to treat the ignorant. In the same way, the revealed truth may be hidden within the mundane concessions of ordinary religion to help the ignorant class of men. Any thoughts? No. Still, Vedic revelation is conceived of by authorities as the most ancient as well as most perfect of all versions of revealed truth. The revealed truth as presented in Srimad Bhagavatam and Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu must be considered uh, full-fledged theism. There it is mentioned what lies Oh, I think Mahaprabhu, yeah, Mahaprabhu was, I think, the avatar of, of Krishna that came. And, and I think I think Hare Krishna recognized that too. Pretty sure. But it says there, there is mentioned what, what lies beyond this created world is eternally dancing world. Here we are trapped in the world of contraction and expansion. But in the spiritual realm, everything is an eternal blissful dance. Any thoughts? That's interesting. Still, even the reality there. What was it? Well, I was just thinking that that's the title of the book that I've been working on. We are the dance. And yeah, doesn't. No. So, so you know, even in like the Hari Krishna, the, you know, they they are always dancing and, and chanting Hari Krishna, like any doesn't. No. That's like metaphorically represent the dance of the universe, or any doesn't. Apparently. So even the reality there is of a lower and higher type according to the nature of rasa transcendental mellow anandam ecstasy which is that the desired substance of every conscious unit any thoughts no question krishna's pastimes are eternal when krishna finishes one pastime in the universe his pastimes begin in another at the time of the final annihilation when all the universes are withdrawn how do krishna's pastimes continue any thoughts no. Ridara Maharaja, when the universe is destroyed in the total annihilation of all the stars and planets, the Maha Pralaya, this side almost equates to zero. It reaches equilibrium, but the spiritual world is always in full swing. No harm can be done to Krishna's pastimes because they have an eternal aspect. Any thoughts? No. It's like time, timeless truths of the stories, you know? It's like eternal. And maybe that's what's the most fundamental in this universe is just a reflection of, of the timeless truths. It doesn't. Yeah. And and it's it's not that that you know we see we see the clouds in this in the in the in the sun and stuff and then we create the mahabharata to try to like describe the clouds versus sun, you know, surya and karna versus indra and arjuna. It's more that the clouds and the sun, the the idea the the timeless uh dynamic of that which points to a deeper truth is is original and this world physical world is a reflection of that. And and the it, it's all concomitant. It's all simultaneous. And which comes first? It, it, it's it's all one. Any thoughts on that? No. All right. So it says uh, Krishna's pastimes are eternal. When okay, 
when the universe, uh, Sridhar Maharaja, when the universe is destroyed in the total annihilation of all the stars and planets, the Mahapralaya, this side almost equates to zero. It reaches equilibrium, but the spiritual world is always in full swing. No harm can be done to Krishna's pastimes because they have an eternal aspect. Question, but what happens to Krishna's Leela here on earth? Hey, Grandpa, quick question. Uh, what was... Uh... What was Amos's birthday? February eight. Um, hold on one second. Wait, let me write it down. I sent all of that in an email. Yeah, I know, but I I, I have to go through that. But Amos is February eighth. And when was Dad's? November nineteenth. When was yours again? July 6th. Okay, ready. So it says Christian's pastimes are... You want grandma's? I already know that one, yeah. This is question. But what happens to Krishna's Leela here on earth? Sridhara Maharaja. Suppose fruit falls from a tree. The fruit is gradually finished, but the tree remains. It is something like that. The, this material world may equate to zero, but Krishna's pastimes continue eternally. Question, what is the difference between Goloka, Krishna's uh, palace? You see, you see like the, the pastimes, the, the stories of Krishna and stuff, th those are like, those are mental. And that's like the world of forms and that's eternal. It's pointing to deeper truths. And this world is just a reflection of those deeper truths. Yeah. And, and, and you're going to see it like, you know, the, the world responds to you. It, you're, you're, you're part of Krishna creating it. You're, you're part of God creating the world. And, and what you think and stuff is really controlled by that, by God. Like, any thoughts of that? No. So, but but even, like, what you do and what you decide to do and stuff, that that's still going to be the, the, the universe, you know, the, God, the universe responds to, to your character within the world. So if you act a certain way, the world's going to respond accordingly. And it's going to be based around the deeper truths that are revealed through the mythology. But which comes first? You know, people think, oh, people were, were walking around the world and they started like realizing things and then they created the myth the stories of mythology to 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 describe deeper truths that they found through experience but it's actually the opposite any any thoughts on that no it's actually the opposite that the, there's a deeper truths and those in 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 and those were those are original and then this world is just a reflection of those deeper you know archetypal aspects and and who who created them? It's it's eternal. It's it's God. And and and, and to say like who created it, it's it's all the quadrant. It's the quadrant created it. It's all the quadrant. And and, and, and it seems to make sense, but it's like in a dream, things seem to make sense to keep you in the dream. But it doesn't. No. Yeah, so it makes it makes it seem like oh oh it seems like yeah JEPD theory oh it seems like there are four people who created the you know G Genesis and uh, the first five books of the the Bible which are really the Tetrateuch the four books oh yeah it seems like that and and it makes it seem like that but that's just to keep you thinking that there's a, a natural explanation and and as a second quadrant as religion okay it makes it seem real um, it makes it seem like it it came from humans. And stuff, and that's a part of the the religious you know, belief, faith, behavior, belonging. It's simplistic. That's the way the second quadrant always is. It's to maintain homeostasis. That's its quality. It maintains homeostasis in reality. And a part of that is to, to believe in simple things. But that's that's still God doing that. It's just that's the second quadrant. And then philosophy is going to take care of the deeper aspects, which is the fourth quadrant. But that's all determined by the quadrant. And then, and the so, so what you'll what you'll say is okay, but okay, where did these religions come from? It must have been from the people who were like walking around the deserts and they had these ideas and stuff. Okay, that that, that seems to make causal sense and everything, but really, that's a causal explanation. When really the the quadrant is eternal. And yeah, maybe they did walk around the desert and that's a part of it, but still it doesn't negate the divinity of the quadrant creating it. Any thoughts on that? No. 
The quad is eternal. Who created the quad is eternal. It's all that they, is its existence. Any thoughts on? So it says, what is the difference? Any thoughts on that, No. What is the difference between Goloka, Krishna's place of pastimes, and the transcendent world, and Gokula, Krishna's pleasure abode in this earthly plane? Um, Sri Dara Maharaja, Gokula, Vrindavana eternally exists, but sometimes the seers are all absent. Gokula exists in the ideal world and is extended here. When we see this, it's like the Plato's world of forms thing. What we see, we see from our different positions of existence, but Gokula is there always. If you have no eye to see something, it cannot be seen. If you have no hand to touch it, it cannot be touched. It is the same with Gokula. It is in such a plane where the different external processes which exert control over material energy cannot touch the fine ideal of existence in Gokula. Any thoughts? No. If the earth vanishes, that does not mean that the whole solar system will vanish. The solar system may remain, but the men on earth cannot see it any longer. It influences Its influence on earth can no longer be felt. In a similar way, Gokula exists in another plane. It exists in the finest plane of reality. It is beyond the creation, beyond evolution and dissolution. Any thoughts? No. Such subtle energy, and that's like the world of forms, you know? Such subtle energy can be understood by analogy with ether. If ether is destroyed, ether may not be destroyed. Ether is within and outside Earth, but within the dissolution of Earth, ether may not dissolve, but continue to exist. The position of Gokula is something like that. This is confirmed by the Srimad Bhagavatam. Oh, Brahma, please know that the universal elements enter into the cosmos and at the same time do not enter into the cosmos. Similarly, I also exist within everything and at the same time I am outside of everything. Any thoughts on No, it's all nonsense to me. Krishna's position is similar. Here is there and not there. In Bhagavad Gita, he tells Arjuna, I am everywhere and nowhere. Everything is in me and yet nothing is in me. In my unmanifested form, the entire universe is pervaded. Behold, yet, behold my mystic opulence, my simultaneous oneness indifference. Although I am the maintainer of all living entities, and although I am everywhere, I am not implicated by any of this, for I am the very source of creation. Any thoughts? You see, you say, you say it's nonsense because you want it to make sense, because you want to believe that the world came from, you know, the Big Bang and that there's, you know, stars and that. No, I don't. And sort of like Teilhard de Chardin. No, I don't. is going to lead to a no, I don't. next stage of evolution. No, I don't. No, I don't. Okay. But but my point is, it doesn't need to make sense. The, the, well, the quadrant has it. Has it doesn't. A, the quadrant has an internal logic, you know. It has a, it has a logic. It doesn't make that. sense. Yeah. Well, it still doesn't make still doesn't make sense. So it doesn't need to make sense yeah. to me. It's fine that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's fine with me that it's nonsense. It doesn't make sense, but it also does make sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't make sense to me. It's nonsense. It, it makes like a meta sense. Not to me. It's like a meta logic because it's still the you know quadrants you know still still consistent. It's just it's not a consistency of of your experienced empirical ideas. Any thoughts on Yeah, well, it makes sense to you. It's just nonsense to me. You have to understand the relationship between cause and effect. The cause and its effect are of different types. Even the inner cause and the outer cause may have different positions. The body may be disturbed, but the mind may not be. The mind may be disturbed, the soul may not be. By this, we are to understand the difference between cause and effect, subtle and gross, matter and spirit. No. So consciousness and evolution, part three. Prakriti, the material nature, does not evolve consciousness like fossilism. But on the other hand, both are within consciousness. There is no necessity of movement for the soul here. The soul is inactive, indifferent, passive in the enjoying plane. That is another original conception. The soul does not take its place in the negative side. It is meant for the positive side, but accepting that the soul is in the background, Prakriti, or material energy, the body works on its behalf. 
The relationship between body and soul is like the relationship between a minor and his false guardians. It is something like what happens when the proprietor of an estate is a minor and the managers take advantage of his youth to loot and enjoy the estate. The Bada Jiva soul is in the minor's position. The soul cannot control these revolting managers, the five senses. He need only have the contact of a major soul. With the help and guidance of the major soul, he can subdue his managers and gain mastery over his own property. A fallen soul's position is like a minor proprietor. He is helpless. He is doing nothing. The managers are doing everything using his own resources. They are doing everything in this name of the proprietor. The soul is inactive, cooperating, but the body, mind, intelligence, and soul ego are working on behalf of the soul, the real ego, as if he were on their side. No, this is a waste of my time. All right, well, let's, let's just finish this one and, and for now, okay? Until the end of the talk, so. Says, but if, if his real interest inside is roused by a major soul who is connected with Paramatma and with Bhagavan, then the soul will find his own field there. He'll control the senses in mind and utilize them in the service of the Lord. He'll say, everything is for Krishna, not for me. Any thoughts? No. This is what I was trying to say, though, like, you know, with, with the quadrant, like, with Krishna, like, yeah, it's controlling everything. And you like the idea of, like, oh, you know, existentialism, you know, take responsibility and, you know, that's all you can do. And, yeah, that, that can be existentially valid way of looking at things. You just take responsibility and go all out and stuff. But still, the quadrant, the, Krishna is supreme. You know, any other thoughts on that? And it, and it, and it, and it also, is it all determined? It is all determined, it appears, by, by that meta-consistency. But, you know, again, also you do have free will. It's determined and you do have free will. Yeah, you, you can decide to, to take responsibility and go all out, whatever you want to decide. But even that's kind of determined what you're going to – any thoughts on that? So, it says, so Krishna, Sarva – any thoughts on that? No. So Krishna, Sarva, Davam – okay. Give up all your duties and come to me. In your present duties, good or bad, whatever you can conceive from your present position. Give up everything and come straight to me. I'm – everything to you this is krishna consciousness krishna is telling us you belong to me you are my property just as you can say that you are master of any property so you are my property my slave that is the truth and by accepting the, that truth we will live in a higher plane we will be the gainer we will come into our normal position at present in an abnormal position we are suffering from thinking i'm the master the monarch of all i survey but that ego is our worst enemy if we are to progress in devotional service any thoughts that no. Makes you think of, you know, you, you kind of like the ideas of like, you know, uh, Neville Goddard and uh, what, was, what was another guy that we were listening to? Like the guy who's like, you know, it, that, that your thinking can create reality. And, but this, this guy's saying, no, you know, Krishna creates reality at the quadrant or whatever. But any thoughts on that? No. So, but, but the idea is though, yes, there might be an aspect where there is a magical you know, higher dimensions where your thoughts can produce realities and stuff. But even that is going to be determined that the fact that th thinking can do that is determined by the quadrant. I think he's the third quadrant, you know, and, and just the idea of, of, of anybody. Yeah. Yeah. But who's giving you those thoughts still it's, you still think that you're in control, but not really the quadrant, the, 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 the different variations is built around the quadrant. Krishna's in control. You know, in, in the ultimate thing. Any thoughts on that? No. So yeah, there there might be those aspects, and oh yeah, but, but you like the idea of you know take responsibility and you know go go all out existential, you know existentially valid, but still that might not be it might be existentially valid, but it might not be accurate, and it, it is accurate in a sense. Yeah, you could do that, but it's still determined. So it says, but and also you know what they talk about is like you know the people who are like oh the secret. Yeah, let's let's just think and we'll get rich and stuff and, and think. But but you know, even you talk about that. But is that going to really bring happiness, right? Okay, you think you think you get a Lamborghini or whatever, but that's still getting you trapped in the in the sense world, getting you trapped in the delusion, in the in the dream, right? And it doesn't. So so yeah, the, the, no. the universe can play along with it. That's what the Christian people say. They say like, yeah, Krishna can play along with your materialistic conceptions. He can try to, you know, keep you entrenched in it because, you know, he, that, that's actually compassionate that the universe kind of plays along with you. But if you're w willing to wake up, the universe will also help you, guide you toward that. Any thoughts on that? No. 
So it says, and service to Krishna is of different varieties. There is service in general, and then there are services of particular type. Santa, Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, Madura. And then there are also divisions according to whether devotion is calculative or spontaneous. In this way, there is a hierarchy in the development of the devotional condition. The highest development is Ujjvala Rasa. Ujjvala Rasa means super fine, the brightest surpassing all, where we find Krishna in consorthood without any consideration of any law, autocratic cons consorthood. And this particular nature and behavior is described in a book written by Rupa Goswami titled Ujjvala Nilamani. The first part of devotion is given in Bhakti Ras Marta Sindhu. In that book, from the very beginning of an ordinary civilized religious life, Rupa Goswami takes us up to different devotional relationships, Santa Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya, and Madhura Rasa. But the details of the Madhura Rasa, the highest relationship with Krishna, has been described by Rupa Goswami uh, in Ujjala Nilama. Nilamona Krishna, in his highest uh, luster, Ujjvala, Nilamona is a consorthood. And what are Krishna's characteristics? How does he play with his paraphernalia in the Madhura Rasa? That has been described in detail in Ujjavala Nilamani. Even the greatest literary scholars are dumbfounded to find how divine love has been analyzed so finely and elaborately in the, this book, Rupa Goswami. Subtle points have been analyzed, organized, and distributed in the book. And the great scholars become dumbfounded when they come to such statements as Bhagavatam says, um, in the introduction, Bhagavatam gives this warning, this caution to the scholars. You will all be dumbfounded when you attempt to come to this plane. Scholarship will not allow you to flourish here. The nature of that plane is so mysterious that even great scholars won't be considered fit to enter there. Any thoughts on that? No. And, and I, I I'm like, ready to quit. Yeah, I feel like I'm ready to quit. Yeah, this, is, yeah. this is all nonsense to me. No, I feel like that, that's it's a waste. Where, I feel like that's where you're at, the, the great scholar, you know? Okay. Uh, you you have, you have all of these profound insights into where I am. Who the hell put you in charge of analyzing me? No, but what I'm saying is like this. It's not for like us. It's not a scholarly thing. You got to have like a meta consciousness. Who put you in charge of analyzing me? You know, if you want me to study with you, I will. But I'm not going to waste my time with you analyzing me. I mean, you have a right to do it, but I don't have. I have a right to not participate in it. Yeah, but it's kind of like what he said right here. You know, it's it's difficult to understand. Yeah, but yeah, thoughts. I mean, it's you can understand it, but you have to have like a, a higher plane of consciousness. Yeah, I'm too stupid for that. No. It says only the surrendered soul can understand and feel these subtle points. No, that's enough. That's enough for now. I don't want to waste any more time. Okay. Alright, there's a